Do-do-do-do-do-do. Who got the coronavirus? I got the coronavirus. My name is Darian. I am here again for another week. This is the 512th week <laughs> of the Padded Room Podcast. I am back again. My name is Darian. I've got nobody or Monica, but I do have the coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. It's official. I tested positive, uh, what, uh, two days ago? No, yesterday. It was yesterday I did. Uh, I have to assume I got it from my wife, so I'm not too mad about it. And to be honest with you, I feel fine. Uh, a little bit of a sore throat and some coughing. Other than that, I, I'm i good, really. I could have gone to work. I didn't because I'm trying to be responsible. And let's be honest, I uh, am not going to back down from a day off. So, really, I'm fine, I think. I got uh, some hot tea here. I've been uh, taking some DayQuil. I feel fine, other than the sore throat, which, to be honest with you, isn't that bad. I've had worse sore throats and coughs in my life. This one is not that bad. So I guess I'm going to hang. For those of you that attended the Padded Room Makeout Party, I suggest that you get yourself tested or at least, uh, I don't know, invest in one of those dental dam things. But it's probably too late for that. (laughs) I probably already got you. (laughs) anyway uh yeah i told buddy and monica not to come because i got the rona they don't want the rona they might they probably already have it too i don't know they were not at the uh padded room makeout session uh in my garage earlier this week so hopefully they're doing well i've got the regular show to get into here folks i have listener mail horror news some more hot Resident Evil action to get into. Are, are you are you like me? Are you have you about had it with this? We got one more. We got one more of the the, the Mia Jovovich Resident Evils, and then from there we're gonna we're gonna get into the new one. And I was thinking about doing some of those animated numbers because I heard they might not be as bad. Uh, let's kick things off like we always do about this time with a little of the horror news, my friends. Besides the fact that I uh, have the coronavirus, which is pretty scary. Horror news. Yeah, buddy. Have you seen the trailers for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? Um... 
Well, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. It comes out uh, February 18th. It's going straight to Netflix. So I'm psyched for that. I'm psyched for a new installment in the the the, the franchise. I guess do we call it a franchise? It's it's very um, it's turning into a, a Michael Myers situation. You know, you've got all it's like a it's like a tree limb where you have all these offshoots and sequels of sequels, and you can watch this one, but you have to pretend those didn't happen and things like that. Um, I don't know where this is going to fit in. It's clearly a sequel. Um, You've got a very old-looking Leatherface, and what appears to be Sally Hardesty, and she looks like she's doing a uh, a uh, Laurie Strode type of a situation, where she's all old, but she's got shotguns and stuff now. So, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it, it looks a lot like Halloween. I mean, like, stunningly similar to Halloween. I hope they're... I, I'm not mad at Halloween. I'm talking about the 2018 and now Halloween kills and Halloween ends around the corner. I'm not mad at that, but let, let's not do that. We already did that. Let's let's take this a different route. You know, I'm going to check it out anyway. Uh, Leatherface looks fat as fuck <laughs> and bald. It doesn't mean he can't jack somebody up. And he's still got a uh, leather mask or a human skin mask on. So there's that. Um... February 18th, dude. Let's let's get on now. I'm into it, you know. Hopefully it expands on the Sawyer mythos. Cuz there's there's a lot of fruit on that tree. A lot of meat on that bone, you know. With Vera Sawyer, uh Creighton Sawyer, uh what the fuck Chop Top, all those guys. We can we can uh, I'm with Tom Hardy. I think why don't we just pretend that uh Texas Chainsaw, what was that? Was 2018 when that No. That was like 2016, seven, uh, 15 maybe? The one with, uh, what's her name there? Uh, hottie with the shirt that never comes open. You know what I'm talking about, the 3D one. Um, let's pretend that didn't happen. I, don't, I didn't mind the Leatherface prequel with uh, Lily Taylor. I thought that was okay, except that Leatherface was the smart kid up until the very end. That didn't make a lot of sense to me, but... So I like I like the expansion on the on the Sawyers because there's a lot of room for horror and cannibalism and other shit going on there. Uh, what else we got here? Nightmare Alley. Have we seen this yet? I have not. It uh, had a pretty limited run in the theaters. Uh, it's already streaming on Hulu. So there's that. I don't know what it's about. Uh, I think it has something to do with the 1920s or 30s or 40s. Guillermo del Toro type of a thing. So I don't know. But it's already streaming. It was in the theater like 14 minutes ago, and now it's on Hulu, so feel free to check that out. Uh, Masters of the Universe. Are we ready for this shit? Have you have you not completely gone back to 1985 yet? Well, then I'm going to take you there. Uh, live action reboot has been purchased by Netflix. So the, the movie is going to go straight to Netflix. Very cool. And uh, Kyle Allen is going to play He-Man. I have no idea who Kyle Allen is. I did see a picture of him. He he's gonna he's he's gonna want to put do some creatine. <laughs> he's gonna want to get on the uh, some kind of Taylor Lautner regimen or something. I don't know, but he does not look like He-Man um, physically. Maybe they can put him like one of those muscle suits or something like that, or. I don't know. You want why would why wouldn't you get like a Dave Batista? You know, get a big muscle guy. That's like the only defining trait of He Man is that he is jacked and he looks great in a loincloth. 
So I don't know, maybe they, they want to take it a different, uh, kinder, gentler route where he's more of a sensitive young man. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, but this guy doesn't look like He-Man, that's for sure. Sip of my tea there for a second. Uh, what else we got here? William Sadler. You know that name. I know you do. Don't act like you don't. He has been cast as Mr. Barlow in this upcoming uh, Salem's Lot reboot. I'm into that. I like that. Um, I'm not mad at the original Salem's Lot at all. I'm a little... Did, did you see the 19... There was like a 1996 one starring Rob Lowe. It was another made-for-TV jam. And I we got... Dude, I know, I know it's nostalgia at this point, but we got to get Stephen King away from these made-for-TV things, these nine-hour opuses. Stephen King is not a made-for-TV writer. He puts a lot of weird sex stuff in there and uh, a lot of gore, usually in his books, and some weird family paradigms and usually some domestic violence and things like that. All that shit gets weeded out whenever we go made-for-TV with this shit. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get this, like, on a streaming service or maybe even a theater, God forbid, where we can really rated R this fucker up and, uh, you know, see some, some gnarly vampires. William Sadler looks like a vampire anyway, you know, he's got like a old timey kind of a face. I hope they Nosferatu him up like they did the original Mr. Barlow. You know what I mean? Like you shave, you got to shave his head, uh, pale him down a couple notches, give him some weird teeth. He's going to look great. Uh, lastly, I don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, Macon Blair, we know the name, good actor. He's been in some of our favorite movies, Green Room, Blue Ruin. Uh, oh, also, uh, Murder Party, as Tom Hardy alluded to last week. He is directing the upcoming Toxic Avenger remake, and he has gone on Twitter and said that his remake is going to be, quote-unquote, more Deadpool, less trauma. More Deadpool, less trauma. So I think what we're we're looking at here, guys, is a straight comedy um, for the Toxic Avenger remake. It's got like an ensemble cast attached to it, though, which is bizarre. Uh, Kevin Bacon in there, uh, some other people that whose names escape me, but uh, it's kind of weird. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not nostalgic. There's very few trauma titles that I can actually say. I, I could still watch today and enjoy. Um, I would go Class of Newcomb High, uh, Surf Nazis Must Die. Um, that's probably about it, really. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe Tromeo and Juliet. I haven't watched that one in a long time. But like once we get into like the 90s, trauma in the 90s, now you're talking about uh, goddamn poultry geist, you know. Uh, the class of Newcomb High Part Three, which didn't make a lick of fucking sense. You could tell there was a certain point in the trauma mythos, you know, the timeline, where they quit taking their own movies seriously and just started making a bunch of nonsense, full of uh, bouncing boobs and fart jokes. And at that point, that's kind of the time when I checked out. So, um, Toxic Avenger probably is is pre. Uh, trauma BS, but I I just never really got. That's another one. Take a look at that franchise, Citizen Toxie. He's running for mayor of Tromaville. All of a sudden, come on, man, what are you doing? 
I know ne- I was never that into uh, the Toxic Avenger. Uh, I will check out the remake. I'll I'll see what's going on. Um, it can't. I mean, really, can it be any worse than Citizen Toxie? I don't think it can. I don't think it can, man. And if there's like a Toxic Avenger like super fan out there that's going to take me on a deep dive and show me all the little nuances of the franchise, I would love that. Please hit me up. The Padded Room 2011 at uh, uh, fucking hotmail.com or the Mental Health Hotline area code 775-387-0275. Speaking of all that nonsense, how about a little listener mail, my friends? Oh... I can tell you right now, Carter Burke wrote in again, son of a bitch. I wonder what he superimposed my picture on this time. <laughs> Listener mail. Hiya. We got emails and voicemails and all kinds of stuff. Uh, let's see what we got happening here. Let's start things off out on the open road. Here comes Freddy. Subject line, sweet dreams. Oh, hold on there, Freddy. I got to get this fucking Teradome book open here. I, I wish you guys could see what this, uh, what my setup looks like here. I've got a notebook for everything, and this desk is just like... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven different notebooks all open to different pages that I'm constantly flipping through and trying to... All right, anyway, enough about that. Uh, Back to Freddy. Hey, folks. Hope everyone has recovered. Uh, I feel fine, Freddy, but thank you anyway. Really quick, my vote has to go to my man, Freddy. He doesn't really stand a chance against Pyramid Head and his huge sword, but I have to stay true to my favorite. Stay safe out there. Cheers, Freddy. All right, Freddy, I'm putting you in for Freddy. Very cool. Thanks for writing in, my friend. You stay safe out there, dude. I, don't, I You know, put some chains on if you have to or whatever you do with the truck there. Uh, let's get over to jolly old England. Here comes the horror slut. Cat is in the house. Subject line, love of the glove. Woo! (laughs) Evening, gent, or possibly gents. I hope everyone is in good health and has recovered smoothly. Terradome, Freddy, always has been a fun favorite for me, even when the movies became more comedy than horror. But I do not think he can beat Pyramid Head. His sword has a much longer reach, and as you stated it, it is unknown if he actually sleeps, so Pyramid Head gets my vote this week. I agree with you, Cat. Uh, I'm looking forward to the fun fight next week, hee hee, and to hear what you write for it. As for Educate, the overage breastfeeding, overage breastfeeding, gave it away for me with Burial Ground. The Knights of Terror from 1981. You are correct, Cat, as usual. I don't know why I have such a, a soft spot for that movie, you know? I've seen it many times. I own it. It's right over there on my, uh, my shelf. Uh... I don't know, man. I I love it. It's it's um it's stupid. <laughs> it's dumb. Uh the zombies are ridiculous. They move slower than shit. Uh the weird incestuous overtones. The weird what what kind of party was this supposed to be? Where we're all just going to go off into the the estate and find new exciting places to bang each other and then reconvene for dinner and then go do it again in our bedrooms. I need to get invited to that party 
Um, I don't know. But why would you bring your kid to that party? You know what I mean? I'm going to, to, to have sex with my new lady friend. Let me bring the kids along. Maybe they can do that something. I don't know. I don't know, man. But you're right, uh, Kat, as usual. Uh, very much a ripoff of Zombie Flesh Eaters and Night of the Living Dead, but that is what happens when you look for bad zombie movies to watch on a bad day. Although a day of bad zombie movies is always better than a day at work. You did ask about opinions for the Final Destination movies. While I prefer an actual killer, I do enjoy the creative deaths and the movies. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Stay safe and healthy, Cat. Thanks for writing in, Cat. Uh, you too, babe. You uh, are doing the Lord's work, I guess, with the uh, the nursing. So you stay safe and healthy, my dear. Uh, let's see. Let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line, quick note. Evening, padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight and that everyone is healthy. Well, no. <laughs> this week has been jacked already with work, down drivers, and two supervisors, so it's going to be slammed with trying to catch up. Terra Dome, I want to go logically with Pyramid Head, but I also think if Syl survives the tomato, she won't stand a chance against a huge fucking sword, so I'm torn. Vote logically or try to help try to vote to help my girl. I think she could win against Freddy, so she's getting my he's getting my vote. Have it known that the logical win is Pyramid Head, but I have to try to give it give my girl a chance. Haha. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. It's two more for Freddy. It's a, it's a close fight, everybody. It's the uh, Asylum Conference Championship. Woo! Uh, let's see here. Let's get over to the junk folder real quick. Where, uh, yeah, here comes Carter Burke, the son of a bitch. Uh, subject line... <laughs> This motherfucker. <laughs> oh, you look at you, Carter Burke. Uh, he sent me, so if you'll recall, <laughs> last week he sent me a picture of a hot dog with my face on it. Very, very nice. This week he sent me a picture of an Asian gentleman with uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hot dogs shoved in his mouth. All of which have my face on it. Classic Carter Burke, you motherfucker. <laughs> well done, my friend. Uh, Carter, by the way, sir, you have taken control of March. So get me your shirt size and uh, address and I will send you your, your swag and uh, let me know what you want me to do for March. I hope it's horror movies that involve hot dogs. I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's one out there. Isn't there a, it's a fucking hot dog scene in one of the... Uh... Oh, uh, Blair Witch Project. They roasted hot dogs. Um, what else? There, there's other ones out there. None that immediately come to mind. Carter, God damn it, go fuck yourself. But what, what, points for creativity, my friend. Very nice. Uh, looks like Tony came in from Southern California, subject line, are we done yet? Greetings, padded room. Seriously, though, are we done yet? This is bad. And not just horror movie bad, just movie bad. Very little is making sense. Here are my notes. I'm assuming he's talking about uh, Resident Evil Retribution, which I'm going to get into here momentarily. 
So she is still shooting coins, and this time it is at aerial vehicles at least 100 feet away. Yeah, I guess. Why are the Umbrella soldiers shooting both bullets and nets? Are they trying to kill or capture? Another fair point, Tony. At least Alice asks, where, where is Claire and Chris? But where are they? <laughs> Again, yeah. Where, are, where was Ada hiding during the grappling hook gun? Or that grappling hook gun. There is no concept of time in these movies. The random x-ray effect of bones breaking was really random. So now Wesker is alive, not dead. The Red Queen is alive, not dead. And now it's an arms race that ended the world. Not the rats and airline traffic mentioned at the beginning of the series. If the writers just keep doing retcon every film, we might never get to the end. The last scene of the White House looks like a commercial for a mobile game that is going to play nothing like the commercial. That's, that, that's a fair assessment. These movies are seriously stupid shit. Speaking of stupid shit, I also watched Bad Milo. Bad Milo. That sounds familiar. If you haven't watched it, it's about a man who stresses to the point where his manif- he manifests a goblin in his anus. Oh boy. He keeps it there and lets it out at times to kill people who, makes him, who make him mad. I think I would rather see Bad Milo 2 through 6 than watch the Resident Evil franchise again. For the Terra Dome, I guess I'm going to pick Pyramid Head, though neither one stands a chance in versus Sill or the Tomato. All right, two for the Pyramid Head. Thank you very much, Tony. Until next time, Tony. Bad Milo, that's not, I don't remember a goblin in his anus. I'm th- you know what I'm thinking of? Uh, that really cheap found footage franchise. What was it? Bad Ben or something like that. Uh, I actually, I almost got that guy to come on the show, but I think he realized I was bringing him on to make fun of him. So (laughs) the last minute decided he didn't want to come on the show. Ah, get some tea there. Throat's feeling better, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for writing in, Tone. Your, uh assessment of the franchise is pretty much spot on with mine thus far it is bad i don't understand how these movies made as much money as they did you know what i mean who the hell kept showing up at the i i saw the first one in the theater i think i did see the second one in the theater third one i waited for uh cable i think and i turned it off halfway through and that was it for me until now so who the fuck kept going to the theater to see these goddamn things? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm with you, Tone. I will say this. Ever with it, and this is just my opinion. With it, when we get deep into these franchises, I usually find one somewhere deep into the franchise that I have a soft spot for. Uh, case in point, for some reason, I, I can't understand why, I really like Saw 5. Uh... I couldn't really cite any specific examples. I think it's the Englishman. Uh, something about that guy I like. And there was a hot chick and the, the whiny guy. Uh, I really like Saw 5. I, I don't know why. Uh, H2O, another one of my favorites. Uh, I think a lot of people would make an argument for Friday the 13th Part 6. Jason Lives as being the best in that franchise. Um, thus far, Tone, honestly... I think Retribution is probably my favorite out of the Resident Evil movies, and it's not saying that much. I don't like it that much. I just don't like any of the other movies any better. So there's that, and I 
I, I take issue with certain things here. We'll get into that in a, in a second here, Tone. Uh, I got some voicemails for you. Let's see what I have here. Let's start things off in the disgusting, funky, sweaty, mosquito-ridden south. Here comes the main man from Alabama. Alan is in the house. What's up? What's up, Alan? Uh, uh, yes, for the Western 500, the people would call in. Sure. Anyway, hope everybody's do- or hope Mr. Darian's doing good. Um, Terradome, give me Pyramid Head. You got And it. you are Burial Ground, Knights of Terror. Nailed it. A 34-year-old midget playing a kid. It's so weird. That movie gets a lot of hate. But I mean, I think it's got some pretty cool gore in it. It does. It, it, it is something to see. Anyway, <laughs> hope everybody's hope doing good, man. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you very much, Alan. Thanks for calling in, homeboy. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, I, it's it's one of those weird movies that you just you got to see it. And uh, if if you're if you're popping around cable and it pops up and it's not some watered down USA up all night version, you get you're gonna you're gonna leave it. You're gonna ch- you're gonna f- write it out. You know. Um, yeah, so the the story with that kid, uh, I don't know if he was 34, but he was definitely over 18. He's supposed to be playing like a six-year-old. Uh, the thing is, is that if they put, if they cast an actual six-year-old in the movie by Italian law, which is where this movie was made, they would not be able to have any any adult female nudity at all. So what they had to do <laughs> was go get themselves a very small man, um, do their very best to make him look like a kid, which really just made him creepy as shit, right? Jesus Christ, that fucking guy, and uh, and and stick him in there and have him act like a like a seven year old. Good lord, I mean, there that breasts uh, feeding scene was anatomically uh accurate if you understand what i'm saying <coughs> i don't think they could do that with a random six-year-old i'm just i i wouldn't be comfortable watching that because i feel like that's some sort some form of sexual abuse i don't know what it is possibly even child pornography i don't know italians are weird man they got their own weird sex laws over there uh thanks for calling in alan your votes are locked let's get down to Beautiful Southern California with Monica's pod boyfriend, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey yo, hey yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? I'm here. Oh, I hope everyone is doing well. Darian, you flying solo again? What's going on this week? Yeah, I, I got that road. Anyway, man. I wanted to get in real quick. Uh, hey, last week you mentioned, you know, hmm. about uh, Mila. Jovovich. I can't pronounce her last name. I think it's and Jovovich. And her husband always putting her in, like, flicks. And Paul W.S. How hot is she? And, you know what? I think what do you she's think? all right, man. She's, she's okay. She's not, like, super hot, but she's, she's decent. I don't think it's enough to carry, like, these Resident Evil flicks. So I think it, you know, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, she's hot. She's in that little dress or whatever. But sure. But, uh... You know, you got Pornhub and shit like it's, that. that you know? Yeah. So I don't know. To me, it's not enough to carry the movie. Yeah. But uh, just my thoughts on it. Uh, no, you're don't right. Tell Miss Monica. You know how jealous she can get. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, under the Terror Dome. You know, we got um, Freddy Krueger and uh, Pyramid Head. Pyramid Head. 
And you had said that Pyramid Head doesn't sleep. I don't think so. But uh, you know what I was going to think, and you know, like all cre- all creatures sleep, but some of them just have like those little micro naps, like sharks. They don't. Okay. They don't sleep so much, but they do get those like micro sleeps or micro naps. I don't know that that. I'm going to say it's going to be enough for Kruger to get in there and to uh, cut up the uh, pyramid head. Okay. Put me down for Kruger. Sure. Um, I ain't got nothing on the. uh, What are you looking at? Okay. You got me again on the educating department. Burial ground. So I guess we're going to call this. Two weeks in a row, no G motherfucking teeth. Okay. Love you like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thank you for calling in, sir. That's two more for Fred. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it was burial ground, uh, Tom Hardy. You should have known that. I know you're an Italian kind of a guy, and you've seen the, uh, you're, you're a fan of the Giallos and all that. I'm sure you've seen burial ground. It's got the weirdest fucking kid-ish person ever. Um, do I go do I go hard or do I go easy this week? That's the question. I feel like I owe Tom Hardy an easy one, so maybe I'll uh I'll loosen it up a little bit for him this time. <laughs> loosen what up is what you're asking. All right, you motherfuckers, thank you guys very much. Uh, GP or not GP? Uh, Tom Hardy, Alan, um, Freddie, Cat, Cowboy. Carter Burke, go fuck yourself, and uh, Tony, and uh, I think that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, that's everybody. I'm going to uh, go ahead and jump right into a movie. Are you guys ready for Retribution? Come on, babe. Rise and shine. Let's get that beautiful ass out of bed. You want cereal? <laughs> What's a tiger? Please get a room. Sorry. None of this is real. None, none, none of this is real. All these memories were imprinted. My name is Alice. Alice, how nice to see you again. What the hell is going on here? We have you under all control. They used me to perfect the virus. Everyone I've ever known. Everything I've ever done is being used against me. Now they can manipulate the world. We've taken over New York, Moscow, Tokyo. This is humanity's last stand. The beginning of the end. Good luck. You'll need it. Umbrella is more powerful than ever. And we're the only ones who can stop them. Sweet ride.
Yeah, that is correct. We are talking about Resident Evil Retribution. This one is from 2012. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, God. That was a nasty one. Uh, it stars, of course, Mia Jovovich, Sienna Guillory, and Michelle Rodriguez returning in this one. It got an R rating, got 5.4 stars on IMDb, and is, of course, written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, Mia Jovovich's uh, husband. So, uh, let's do it. We have to do a recap again, because this one is going to sort of half-ass pick up where the last one ended. So, as you'll recall, uh, at the end of Afterlife... They had made their way on to the boat, and by they, I mean uh, Alice, Chris, and and uh, Claire Redfield, and they had rescued all of the, the survivors. They all came out in their white uh, bodysuits, and then they they killed Albert Wesker, okay? He died. He blew up in, in the Osprey. That, that happened, man, and there's no two ways around it. He was in the Osprey, he hit the self-destruct button, the explosive was in the Osprey, kaboom, no more Albert Wesker, okay? Remember that. It's going to be very easy to forget that, but I'm going to ask you to keep that in your back pocket. Uh, from there, the camera pulled back, and we saw that there was like 10 or 20 of these Ospreys surrounding the ship, the Arcadia, and uh, Jill... Uh, uh, Claire, I mean, Jill was Jill was captaining one of the Ospreys. She had the cleavage spider on her. Uh, and on the deck of the ship, we had the Redfields, plus the survivors, plus Alice getting ready for combat with whatever was going to happen with the Ospreys. Um, that's where we left off, okay? Now, we're going we're gonna to cut to the beginning of uh, Retribution. Now, uh, for for what it's worth, this beginning sequence is actually pretty dope, I thought. It's uh, basically just a very quick snap cut sequence of um, the Arcadia being shot to shit, uh, various uh, strike teams rappelling down, shooting up a bunch of the, the survivors, uh, Mia or Alice shooting one of the Ospreys out of the sky with her double barrel twin double barrel shotguns that shoot quarters it doesn't make fucking sense tony <laughs> just let's not let's just forget what we know about ballistics and what that would do to the barrels of those things you know, let's just pretend for a second that we're just 12 year old kids with hard-ons watching this um but this whole sequence is backwards so that's kind of cool. You're seeing the uh, the Osprey kind of reconstruct itself and then go back up into the sky after it crashed into the decks. You're seeing uh, the bullets come out of the survivors and go back into the weapons of the uh, strike teams. At the very end, or at the end of this, uh, Alice gets shot into, like, blown up, and she goes flying off and, and lands in the water. And that's how that ends. And that's kind of as, as cool as that is it's uh it's it's kind of anticlimactic really you would think that they would do something a little more dramatic than just blow up the arcadia i don't know anyway uh there's that uh now we're gonna cut to every single one of these movies starts with alice waking up in some weird situation she gets killed or knocked out at the end of the last movie and then she has to wake up in another facility in another 
thing doing another something or other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really, they should call the name of this uh, franchise Wake Up Alice or Alice in Wonderland or something like that because that's what it really amounts to. Uh, this time she wakes up and she's uh, in bed and she's got red hair now and it's kind of curly. She's pretty hot looking. Uh, she wakes up right next to Olvera. You remember him? He was Odette Fair's character from uh, Extinction and Apocalypse, the, the umbrella team Merc. Uh, he's getting ready for work. He's putting his suit on. She's like, hey, honey, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, let's get up and get ready for work. And, you know, they're they're living a very picturesque lifestyle. And Alice doesn't seem to remember anything about who she is or what she's done or what's really going on. So that's great. Uh, they have a deaf daughter, which she's probably, I don't know, nine or ten years old. Uh, they're getting her ready. And then, boom, zombie apocalypse hits. Uh, Alvera gets killed almost immediately, bitten by the zombies. We're, we're going, we're sticking with the tentacle mouth zombies, the CGI tentacles. I don't think, I don't think that's a good idea, man. I wasn't too impressed with those guys from Afterlife. And really, if, if you could do the tentacles with practical effects, I'd be much more on board. But it's very hacky CGI that they use for these things. Anyway, uh, Alvera gets killed almost immediately. Uh, Alice and the daughter run upstairs and hide in a closet. Zombies, of course, flood the house. Uh, Alice tells her daughter to stay in the closet. Alice is going to go try to lead the zombies away. She gets about halfway down the stairs, and then she gets taken down by zombies. Boom! Now, she's going to wake up somewhere else, doing something else. Again, I don't know. We're, we're jumping into multiple sequels in this movie, I guess. She wakes up again. This time, she's got that three paper towel uh, taped to her body situation going on. I don't understand. I mean, I get it. You want to show as much of naked Mia Jovovich as you can. And uh, I don't know why they didn't just get her naked again. Because, <coughs> you know, we've seen her naked before throughout the franchise. Why stop now, really? But they, they scotch taped three paper towels to her boobs and her pussy and her ass. And uh, she's laying on the floor of uh, what appears to be a, a, some kind of an umbrella company silo. So she wakes up. Uh, she staggers around for a bit, naked with the paper towels uh, taped to her. And then Jill Valentine pops up, and she's like, who do you work for? What is your name? And she's like, what? And then like she starts getting tortured with like some kind of sonic emulator sound weapon where it just freaks her out. And apparently this goes on for a couple of hours. Uh, she just randomly, Jill will just randomly show up and throw the switch and torture Alice with the, the sound and she freaks out. And this goes on for a little while uh, until mysteriously the uh, security system, the whole computer system reboots itself. So all the lights go out in the silo and then when they come back on, one drawer slides out of the wall and it's got uh, an outfit for Alice. And, of course, it's the most skin-tight, Cenobite-looking, hot-topic ensemble you could imagine. A lot of unnecessary buckles and pouches and things of that nature. It's something that... It's what we've come to expect, really. Why they would choose hooker boots uh, for this, I have no idea. But they're laying it on pretty thick with it. Uh, She puts that on, and then the door pops open. So she starts walking around. She goes down a hallway, 
comes out of a door right into uh, downtown Tokyo, which is kind of cool. It's complete. It's safe for a second anyway. Uh, she starts walking around. It's completely empty. There's plenty of cars and lights and buildings and all that, but there is not a living soul or even a zombie anywhere near this place. So she's like, oh, cool. I can catch my breath uh, here for a second. She spots a cop car. Uh, goes and tries to get in, it's locked, so she grabs a bike chain and smashes the window and then goes into the cop car and gets a gun and some bullets, a couple magazines. Excellent. Now, all of a sudden, the Red Queen's voice comes booming out of the, the sky and it says, initialize Tokyo sequence. So, all of a sudden, it starts raining on her and then a bunch of people come out, um, Japanese people with umbrellas. Everything looks pretty cool for a second. And then uh, one random, very slow-walking lady bumps into Alice, and then that starts the zombie apocalypse. So she's got to fight her way through. Uh, she's using the bike chain and padlock like she's Scorpion from Mortal Kombat 11. She's like whipping it around her neck and hooking people with it, shooting other zombies. It's great. <coughs> Plenty of kickflips. It has to be raining during this action sequence because, you know, you really want that that splashing water as you fight people. Uh, she's doing a pretty good job of killing off the zombies and staying alive. One of the buildings across from the street, the entire fucking building just cracks open and opens up like a big, uh, I don't know, revolving door or something. And all this light comes out. She's like, I'm going to go there. So she runs into this big opening in the building and then the, the opening closes behind her, but not before a bunch of zombies follow her in. And now she's back inside another umbrella facility. And she's got a pretty cool little action sequence here in the hallway where she's using the bike chain like Scorpion and killing a bunch of zombies and shooting a bunch of other ones. Plenty of kick flips and hovering in the air for 45 minutes. Uh, lots of throwing of uh, the magazine. Ejects a magazine, throws it in one guy's face, and then throws it up again and catches it in the... In the magazine well of her her uh, pistol and uses shoot it's it's the same thing that we've been watching for the last six movies, just over a more pronounced drawn out period. So she's like, oh okay, what the hell? Uh, she ends up back at the silo where she was being tortured. She's like, oh it's uh, here I am again. At least I got away from the zombies this time. Uh, an Asian lady comes out. And she's like, hey. Alice, I was sent here to rescue you. I'm here to take you out of here. And she's like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, my name is Ada Wong. Point the, don't point the gun at me. And to Paul W.S. Anderson's credit, Ada Wong looks exactly like Ada Wong should look from the video game. So they got that going for him. <coughs> uh, from there, uh, Albert Wesker shows back up. He pops up on one of these hologram screens and he's like, Alice, the situation is dire. I've sent Ada to get you out. You're in a umbrella training facility. You're actually deep underneath a, uh, uh, what, what the fuck was it? A uh, Russian submarine base in the Kamachka Sea. So you're way underwater. It's like another hive, but we've simulated all these different cities under there. And we've got to get you out because we've got to get you back to me because we're in a lot of trouble here and we need your help. She's like, why would I help you? It's like, you don't have a choice. Umbrella has gone completely crazy. Meaning that uh, the Red Queen has taken complete control over the entire corporation. And the Red Queen is trying to eliminate 
all of humanity. Why? That doesn't make a lot of sense. The Red Queen, if... Okay. <laughs> so, let me let me just understand this correctly. And... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, if I were just coming into the franchise, or if I were watching these movies five, six years apart, I might have missed this. But at the beginning, the Red Queen's protocol was to shut down the hive and kill everybody in it, specifically to keep the T-virus from escaping the hive, thus saving humanity, right? Okay? So the Red Queen, despite her grisly tactics and somewhat nihilistic outlook on life, uh, was actually on our side. Now, the Red Queen wants to just eliminate humanity completely, what the fuck good is that going to do? Because then eventually her systems are going to shut down and she's going to die and the whole world will just be a big, empty, barren wasteland and that'll be the end of that. So what? how does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know, but we're just going to have to go with it. Somehow the Red Queen AI has uh, taken over uh, the entire corporation and has gone mad. Okay. More to the point, how the fuck is Wesker still alive? We watched him die at the end of the last movie. I guess we're not going to... That that never gets addressed, either. So there's that. We have to write that off also. Okay. <coughs> so Wesker goes on to explain that the facility they're in is, of course, an underwater hive in the Kamachka Sea. Uh, they've simulated three environments that they used to simulate the uh, outbreak zones. Uh, Tokyo, which is on one side, which is where uh, Alice and Ava are right now. In the middle, you have suburbia, which is where we saw that little sequence in the beginning. And then uh, across from that, we have um, Moscow. And then off the side of that is New York. And then from there, we have an elevator that goes up to the surface, and then from there, uh, apparently Wesker has uh, somebody that will pick them up. Now, the bad news is that they have to, they're in a umbrella facility, which means the Red Queen has control over everything. So uh, Ava and um, Alice need to make it through Tokyo, uh, across suburbia. They can skip New York, but they do have to make it across uh, Moscow and then up the elevator and then out into the Siberian tundra, where hopefully Wesker will have a helicopter waiting for them to take them back to wherever he is, which is hopefully more safe than this. On top of that, he has sent down a strike team to meet them halfway and escort them out. So we have that going for us also. About this time, we're going to cut to the entrance to this facility and that exact strike team as they're touching down. <coughs> Now, right off the bat, we'll notice this is not an Umbrella Strike Team. This is more like an Eddie Bauer Strike Team. These guys look like they uh, just—they look like they were like day laborers hanging around outside a Home Depot, and somebody picked them up and gave them some leather jackets and guns and said, "Get on down there. <laughs> get on down there. I'll give you two hundred bucks if you can find these two chicks and get them out." Um, we do have some recognizable people here. Kevin Durant shows up. I love this guy. Uh, he's going to play Barry, who we'll also recognize from the video games. 
Um, we have somebody that's supposed to be Leon Kennedy. Does not look at all like Leon Kennedy. Uh, looks more like a um, somebody that was in a cigarette ad or something. I don't know, man. And then we have four or five other guys uh, whose names we're not going to learn, and they're not going to live very long, so we don't need to really worry about that. Uh, down they go into the elevator. Uh, very cool. Everything's going pretty cool. Uh, across, Ava and Alice go. They're making their way across Tokyo when the um, Red Queen activates the, the Tokyo program again. And this time, instead of flooding the area with zombies, she unleashes two tyrants. Now, the tyrants, you'll recall from Resident Evil Afterlife. <coughs> I got to get a cough drop. Hold on. And I'm back. All right. The tyrants, as you'll recall from Resident Evil Afterlife, are the big sackhead guys with the poleaxe hammer things. So uh, they spring two of them on them. And then they uh, Ava, Ava, Ada, Ada and Alice fight them off, of course. They manage to kill them by blowing up a bus in, like, so that it flies through the air and cr- lands on them and crushes them both. So, well done. Now, there was a security contingent in this facility, but only like five or six guys, I feel like. Because as the Eddie Bauer strike team is headed down the, the elevator, they start shooting them as they go. So, who are the poor schmucks that were left in this facility... To and <laughs> again, what it, the the world has ended, my friends. It's done. It's a zombie apocalypse, if not full on monster apocalypse. Uh, why are you still clocking in and going to work? And more, if they are paying you, what are you doing with the money? Nothing. There's not whatever. I went over all that last week. I don't. I don't understand that. Uh, anyway. Down goes the Eddie Bauer strike team, killing off these uh, security guys as they go. Doing a great job. Uh, across uh, Tokyo goes Alice and Ava. They kill the two tyrants. Very cool. And then they make their way into the suburbia uh, simulation, which is cool. Uh, it's like a bright, sunny day out, and every, everybody's happy and singing. And uh, they get to the house where the original, or I guess the redhead Alice, woke up. And uh, they find that the 12-year-old daughter, the deaf girl, is actually still alive in the closet. So she pops out, sees this Alice, and she's like, Mommy, Mommy, you came back for me. Oh, you changed your clothes. That's weird. And you did something with your hair. And she's like, uh... But suddenly, all these memories come flooding into this Alice. And she's like, oh, this is my daughter from this world. And then they go outside of the house, and that's where they run into the original strike team which is rain number one alvera is in it this time and uh that's that's it it's michelle rodriguez colin salmon and uh odette fair and now they're back and they're uh i guess looking to kill alice they've been given orders to take alice alive and to kill ada so uh, big shootout again, uh, all that stuff, uh, guns, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. Colin Salmon goes down pretty quick. Um, Rain kind of becomes, uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character kind of becomes the nemesis here. Um, Oded Fair goes down again, so he's out of the equation. 
Uh, Alice and her daughter go hauling ass across town to a subway system while I think that one was supposed to connect to Moscow or I don't know. They kind of just run through these different simulations haphazardly and show up in one and then the other and they don't, none of it makes any fucking sense. Um, Ada, however, has to stay behind to hold the team off. So she shoots her way into a crawl space as they launch missiles at the house because that's what they do. They have RPGs, these fucking guys. Um, basically kills everybody except for uh, Rain. And about this time, Jill Valentine shows up with the, the cleavage spider, but she's wearing a like a Catwoman lavender jumpsuit kind of a thing, which is doesn't really make a lot of sense as far as being tactical, but it is kind of hot. Uh, now, they're there to, uh, to kill Ada, so they take Ada hostage or prisoner. In the meantime, Alice and uh, the, the kid are making their way through the subway system. Here comes Michelle Rodriguez, but... It's not Rain, or it's some other iteration of Rain, I guess. And this time, she's like a uh, single mom. She's like, oh my god, I'm so happy you guys made it. Yay! And Alice is like, here, take this gun. And she's like, no, I marched against the NRA. I don't do guns. And she's like, uh, you do now. So there you go. <laughs> Alrighty. So there they go. Uh, off into the... Uh, subway system so before alice left ada though ada gave her a pair of glasses and whenever alice puts the glasses on it like hacks into the umbrella mainframe and tells her which way to go so at this point we've got uh alice weird hippie rain and the kid and they're got to make their way down through the uh the subway system there so they jump down a tunnel start walking that way here comes the zombies shoot them all up now we're going to cut back to the old uh, Eddie Bauer strike team. They've made their way down the tunnel, through a bunch of corridors and stuff, into the Moscow simulation. They start walking across, and all of a sudden they get pinned by Russian zombie army guys. And these zombies can use guns, too, which is pretty cool. These guys are actually pretty badass. It reminded me of... Uh, uh, dead snow too but they got they they rolled up with tanks and like hummers with 50 cows mounted on them and they just open up on the uh the uh eddie bauer strike team they kill a couple dudes eventually their computer guy finds them a way out of there uh we get kevin Durant shooting some guys in the face everybody loves that <coughs> um yeah we lose a couple guys and then they make their way out and now they're making their way across new york new york is fine uh, Alice and company are making their way across the sub with the Moscow subway system. Eventually they meet about at the same spot. Now I forgot to mention that for some reason, the Eddie Bauer strike team has Luther Ross in it. You'll remember him as the basketball player slash wristwatch model from resident evil afterlife. How he got mixed up with this group. I have no idea and we're never going to find out. Because these are things that we just have to accept, I guess. It's part of the unwritten agreement that we have with Resident Evil that when something doesn't make sense, we just have to smile and nod. <laughs> and we've been doing that for five movies now, smiling and, oh, yeah, he's there. Uh-huh, yeah. 
Yeah, he, uh, he's a basketball player, but suddenly he's uh, some kind of badass. And uh, how he got out of the sewer system from the first movie, we'll never know. And we're not going to ask. So, But he's here now, and he's shooting guys and stuff. <laughs> um. So there in the there's like a, a actually a pretty cool chase sequence in the Moscow simulator where Alice and the kid are hauling ass. Unfortunately, rain only hippie rain, I should say, uh, doesn't make it out of the sewer system. She gets shot up by the Russian uh, zombie guys. Uh, Alice steals a Bentley with underglow, and her and the kid go hauling ass across uh, Russia, and then they rendezvous with the strike team. And they're like, hey, uh, where's Ada? Ada didn't make it. I don't know. Okay, well, we got to go. So they start going back across Moscow, trying to make their way to the elevator to get up. Now, at this point, there's something we need to mention. And that's that before the strike team went down into the elevator, they planted, depth char- they planted charges on the outside of the elevator shaft. So if they don't make it out... Uh, basically the, the shaft is going to close and it's going to fill the entire facility with, with ice water, which is going to really suck. Uh, there are a bunch of umbrella corporation submarines stationed there though. So there, you know, that's going to come into play at some point. Okay. Excellent. Uh, at this point, the strike team is down to Luther, uh, Leon Kennedy and Barry. Everybody else has got killed. Uh, they have a big shootout in the New York simulation uh, with one of the liquor things. And these things are now on, on steroids. The, in the original Resident Evil, the liquor was about the size of, uh, I don't know, maybe a bowl. Now they're like the size of like a, a Mack truck, pretty much, like a city bus. So these things have gotten substantially bigger. Uh, it kills their computer guy. Uh Alice is there, she shoots it up, and then she does some kickflips on it. Uh, They make their way through uh, New York to the bottom of the elevator shaft. And, okay, (laughs) so all this time, there has still been Umbrella security operatives, plus Jill Valentine, there at the facility. Now, this is going to get loosely explained by Ada Wong when she... she she tells us that basically the Umbrella Corporation has found a way to print people complete with memories, and uh, that's how they keep populating these these positions. I guess uh, they lose one of their security teams; they just produce another one uh, out of this weird people maker machine that looks an awful lot like a your neighborhood dry cleaner. It's got pe- <laughs> this. This is going to sound very silly, and it is. It's got people uh, like coming out of a conveyor belt, like on dry cleaning racks, and it's just they're like like a claw machine comes. <laughs> so I mean, it'd be great for like the sex industry. You could just roll up and be like, "I would like a brunette with a C cup," and then the claw would come out and then drop her drop her right on you or something. It's very weird, and none of this is really explained at all. I'm sorry, I'm eating a cough drop. I'm trying not to cough on you guys anymore. Uh, but that, that that's how they keep repopulating, and that's how uh, we have uh, the first strike team back with uh, Colin Salmon and uh, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Funny, those were the only two out of the original team that made it back, though. Um, 
Okay, excellent. So that's how they keep stalking the security. They show up there, and they try to stop the uh, Eddie Bauer strike team from getting on the elevator. Unfortunately, Luther gets shot uh, in, in like a superficial wound kind of an area. Uh, bang, bang, b- big gunfight, lots of kick flips, uh, lots of shooting, <laughs> lots of, uh, you know, weird reload reloading of the weapons where... You know, instead of just ejecting a magazine and popping another one in, you have to eject it, do like a wrist throw with it so that it goes up into the air, and then you have to kick it into another guy. Uh, It would be much more effective just to shoot him instead of kicking the empty magazine at him. I don't know what's going on here. It's really just uh, another excuse to use this stop-motion bullet time uh, thing, but it's it's that's what we've come to know about Resident Evil is it's a lot of nonsensical gunfights and uh, weird kung fu-y stuff. But that's what we get here. Luther gets shot, unfortunately, um, in a very aliens-esque move. Uh, Jill Valentine captures the twelve-year-old girl, but it's okay. They go up the elevator shaft uh, before Ada Wong took off she gave uh alice a batman grappling hook gun so she fires it off and goes flying right up the uh elevator shaft after her <coughs> tells eddie bauer and the boys that uh sh- they need to wait for her because she's not going to leave her daughter and they're like that's not your daughter dude that's just another person that they created and they programmed her to think she's your daughter she's like well she's my daughter now and i'm gonna go get her god damn it so she goes flying up there uh Fights Jill Valentine, knocks her out, uh, kills a bunch of more of these other guys, gets the daughter, gets back down there, gets into the, uh, the, the elevator shaft is coming up as she's going down. So th- she lands on the elevator shaft. At this point, it's just Leon, um, Luther, Barry stayed behind and did one of those heroic moves where he's going to keep everybody, hold everybody off because he was already mortally wounded. So here comes their strike team and he's shooting them with his gun. They shoot him up, he goes down, but apparently, this is really dumb, apparently right before he died, he threw his gun up in the air, and then like in slow motion it comes down, and then his eyes snap open, he catches it, kills one more guy, and then they riddle him again, and he goes down for good. Uh, Alright. <laughs> Alright, whatever, I mean, we're not we're not here to think about things, are we? I hope not, because if we are, we're wildly disappointed. Um, Alice rescues the daughter, lands on the uh, the elevator platform as it's going up. They make it out before the fucking place blows up. They get into a snowcat, and they're driving off across the tundra to where they're supposed to rendezvous with uh, the Albert Wesker's helicopter. Uh, so at this point, we've got um, Luther, Leon... Uh, Alice and her daughter in the snowcat, which is great. They're driving across the ice. Everything's going smoothly. And then the ice starts to crack underneath them. And something knocks the snowcat over on its side. And up from the ice pops an Umbrella Corporation submarine. And out pops uh, Jill Valentine with the cleavage spider. Rain again. And they're holding Ada Wong hostage, like with a gun to her head. Zip tied. So they take her out, and they're like, okay, uh, lower your weapons, or we're going to kill uh, Ada Wong here. And they're like, I, no, we're not going to do that. And then 
uh, Rain injects herself with the T-virus, making her, I guess, giving her the same powers that Alice should have, I guess. I don't know how that makes sense, because this whole franchise, we've been talking about how Project Alice, Alice was the only one that could bond with the T-virus on a cellular scale. But apparently, this mass-produced Rain uh, clone can do the same thing. So, excellent. Well done. <laughs> so, she she gets out and starts kicking the shit out of everybody. Uh, beats up Leon pretty good. Beats up uh, Luther pretty good. Fight, 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 kick, punch, kick. Uh, Alice and Jill kind of square off with each other. Jill's got like a, a, a like a Nightwing bow staff that she pulls out, and she's doing a bunch of Matrix moves on him. And then uh, Alice pulls out two, uh, what are those ice ice claw things? I guess I don't know what they are. They look like ninja weapons, and they're going at it pretty good. Uh, eventually, Jill kicks the shit out of Alice and gives her a head bonk, like right on the top of her head, like boop, gotcha. And that knocks Alice out, and she has a bunch of flashbacks about her daughter and shit. Uh, so then uh, Jill is on the point of killing Alice, so she picks her up by the neck and holds her up against uh, the uh, snow cat, and that's when Alice suddenly wakes up and pulls the cleavage spider off of Jill. <coughs> Jill is like, whoa, whoa, fuck, what was I doing? Oh, shit, Alice, how are you, babe? Good to see you. What are you, what, we're in the ice now? What happened? She's like, yeah, Jill, you fucking bitch. You tried to kill me, but I'm glad you're not doing that anymore. Uh, they go and try to help uh, Leon and, and Luther kill Rain. She's a big, scary broad all of a sudden. She kicks the shit out of everybody uh, to include Alice. But once Alice gets knocked down, she like looks un- can see a bunch of the Russian zombies underneath the ice. So she's like, I'm going to get you, bitch. And Rain is like, you can't kill me, though. So why are you still trying? She's like, I don't have to kill you. And then she just shoots the ice out from underneath Rain. She goes plummeting to the icy depths. And then she gets dragged down by the Russian zombies. Jill, Luther, Leon, Ada, uh, the kid, and Alice uh, have to walk to the helicopter where they find uh, Albert Wesker's guys waiting for him. (coughs) Get on the helicopter and go flying off. From there, they go all the way to the White House, which is apparently now in play, um, where Albert Wesker is alive and well, and again, no explanation as to how he survived the Osprey explosion, and he has set up a command bunker there at the White House, and he explains that, uh, well, first thing he does is he shoots Alice up with the T-virus again, and he's like, hey, I just gave you your powers back, by the way. And she's like, "Why are you? Do, what are you? The fuck is this now?" And he's like, "Well, we're it, man. We're all that remains of humanity, and we're holding out here at the presidential bunker." And then the camera pans back, and you see it's just a sea of zombies and flying fucking monsters and liquors and tyrants and all kinds of shit surrounding the White House. And this last group of military guys uh, desperately holding him off. And Wesker's like, we need your help, babe. We gave you your powers back. You got to help us uh, in this shit because uh, we're it. And if if they get in here, they're going to kill us all. And we are the last of humanity. So there's that. And that's pretty much the end of your movie right there, kids. I will say, of the franchise, 
I think I enjoyed this one the most. It had a great uh, film score. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I like this one more than any of the other ones. Really, all these movies are is Mia Jovovich waking up and trying to get from one point to another, right? She wakes up in some facility, has to fight her way out of it, and get over here. And then she does that, and then there's a big scary thing over there that she's going to have to kill. And she usually does. <laughs> and that's the end of your movie. If you were expecting anything different, uh, I don't know I don't, I don't know what else you would be expecting. Like some kind of in-depth character study or something? I don't know. Anyway, that is Resident Evil Retribution. Like I said, I got a weird soft spot for this one. Um... It's not good. I fully admit that. It's not that good. Um, it's, uh, I don't, uh, I think it's probably better than, I think Afterlife is probably the worst. No, I think Extinction was the worst. Um, Afterlife probably, if I had to do right now a power ranking of the Resident Evil movies, I would go Retribution, Original Resident Evil, um, Probably Afterlife, Apocalypse, Extinction being the worst. I really did not care for Extinction at all. All right, well, that is uh, Resident Evil. Uh, We're going to do the final chapter next week. Hopefully it gets somewhat better. I don't have high hopes, though. I'm going to take myself a little break here, inmates. Probably get another cough drop. I'll be right back with you.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, I'm back. I kind of feel like the Resident Evil franchise made a bit of a mistake in hitching their the wagon to, to Mia Jovovich. There's a lot of room for a lot of different storylines there, and they gotta they gotta they gotta quit with these over the top action sequences. I realize that that's kind of what made them money, and probably why people kept going to these fucking movies. But come on, man, come on, you could do better than that. That you could actually write a movie How about a horror movie instead of an action movie to start with. It's called Resident Evil for Christ's sakes. I don't know if you played any of the video games, but they're kind of more horror than action. I don't know, dude. <coughs> Excuse me. I felt like there was a lot of missed opportunities here. And I know I'm not done yet. I'm not. We got a whole other movie to get into before we put it into the uh, Resident Evil stuff. But I'm. Uh, it's just so disappointing, you know? Especially being a fan of the video games. There's a lot there, to, a lot of meat on that bone that you could get, you could do things with. And instead, we turned it into Fast and Furious, pretty much. All right, enough about that. You guys ready to get into the Terradome? We got a conference championship to, uh, or yeah, a conference championship to announce. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. In. I'm going to bash him right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll be crazy. I'll kill you all. Dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. To the Terradome. First, last week's winners. Freddy realized with pain certainty that he was no longer in a nightmare. He was in a twisted, albeit very real, version of the waking world. He'd been here before and knew he would eventually be banished again. It was only a matter of time until one of the kids realized that fear was the key. But before he could get his bearings in the darkness, the scraping of metal of a metal blade on cold ground. Then a glint of light and it was over. The demon executioner had ended him, his body split in half down the middle. With a vote of 7-6, to six, Pyramid Head advances over Freddy and becomes the Asylum Conference Champion. He will be going on to the Grand Championship in, uh, I guess, two weeks from now, right? Right on. I like Pyramid Head. He's a returning champion. He's won a championship before. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Now let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not a writer, and this is stupid. <laughs> the inconvenience of the apocalypse was, was both ironic and astounding. Just as mankind was on the verge of two of its greatest discoveries, society collapsed. Deep beneath the streets of Denver, in a government-funded research and development facility, two simultaneous experiments were underway and now left abandoned. In one wing of the laboratory, a genetic construct made up of both human and extraterrestrial DNA, a life form this world had never seen but would have learned much from. In another wing, the final answer to human hunger, the first in what would be a large batch of genetically modified tomatoes. Sentient and mobile, these new tomatoes would seek out ideal growing conditions and reproduce of their own free will. Now the Denver power grid fails, and both experiments will be set free to the wastes. For the Inferno Conference Championship, we have Sill versus a killer tomato. A killer tomato. We have Sill, the sexy alien from the species movies, versus a tomato. It's a tomato, you see. <laughs> I am taking Sill because I'm sick of hearing about the fucking tomato. That's your Terradome matchup for the weekend, mates. It's uh, Sill versus a tomato. <laughs> Give me your votes by next week if you can. The area, the uh, mental health hotline is area code 775 Three eight seven zero two seven five, or you get me on the email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. In the meantime, I've got to tell you what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? I've been trying to quarantine, so I actually got quite a few movies in. Uh, let's start off with Lake of the Dead from 1958. More of a psychological thriller. Uh, Swedish, I think, or possibly Danish. Um, haunted Lake kind of a thing. and An urban legend about a guy that uh, threw himself, like drowned himself in there and some of the derangements he was suffering leading up to it. And then that was remade in 2019 as Lake of Death. Uh, found both of these on Shutter, by the way. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that one is more, I guess, slasher-esque, the remake is, because it doesn't really get into the guy at the bottom of the lake as it does kids going to party at the lake, and one of them um, lost her brother at the lake in, gener in, in years gone by. Get into a lot of family drama here and drama between all these characters. Um, I put on Joe Bob's Last Drive-In Season 3 and just kind of let it run. So in that was included Mother's Day from 1980. It's a good show. It's silly as fuck, man. It's, it's one of the original trauma releases. Uh, House by the Cemetery from 1981. Um, I don't think that movie is ever going to make sense to me. The killer, Dr. Freudenstein, I think is his name, he's a he's pretty badass, but everything about the movie leading up to him is very wacky and does not make a lot of sense. 
Ginger Snaps from 2000. I forgot how hot Catherine Isabel is in that movie. And it's not just the werewolfy business. It's that goth look that she has. And uh, especially like as she gets more into the werewolfy, she gets a little bit more uh, promiscuous, shall we say. And starts to dress a little more provocative. And I rather enjoy that. Uh, Maniac Cop from 1988. Uh, it's a good show. I, I will, I will go to my grave stating the um, the the virtues of the Maniac Cop franchise as a horror franchise. Bill Lustig's best, if you ask me. I think I think the best out of those ones was Maniac Cop too. And I'm not just gonna go on that same rant that I always do about Tom Atkins and Bill uh, Bruce Campbell. But Maniac Cop 2 only had Bruce Campbell in it for like 30 seconds. And after that, it was Robert Davi, who is also a badass. And then, of course, I followed that up with Maniac Cop 2 from 1990. (coughs) Also a good show. Matthew Cordell, dude. I'll take him over Jason Voorhees any day of the week. He can run you over. He'll shoot you. With uh, various kinds of firearms. He went full Terminator in this one. And just plowed through a police precinct. And killed everybody in it. Jason Voorhees never did that man. He never. I don't. He fired a spear gun once. If I recall. But that was about it. Alright that's all I'm looking at this weekend mates. Um, oh, I think. Uh, yeah just about every single movie I mentioned there. Is streaming on Shudder. With or without the Joe Bob commentary. That's up to you. Uh, in the meantime, how about some immersion therapy, my friends? Speaking of Shudder. Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to watch The Last Thing That Mary Saw? It's also streaming on Shudder. Pretty good show. Uh, What's her name? Elizabeth Furman from Orphan. And the old lady from Dead Silence in this one. Um, It's it's, uh, very witch trial-esque. But the twists and turns towards the end. You're like, holy shit. I did not expect them to do that to the family. I don't know if... I'm not going to ruin it for you, but... These two young ladies are involved in a same-sex relationship circa 1850-something in uh, very puritanical New York, and uh, it, it gets pretty wild. It, they decide that they are going, they've had enough of this uh, bullshit, so they, they, uh, they, uh, they do them up. They do them up. Uh, uh, yeah, they do them up. Not a bad show. Kept me guessing towards t- t- the very end, especially when so-and-so pops out of the coffin there. I wasn't expecting that either. It's it's not a bad show. It uh, it was, it's, I think it was like two hours and seven minutes, though. So you got to buckle up for this one and really get yourself into a place where you can give pay attention, you know? Wait till the kids are asleep or something. Not a bad show. Definitely worth checking out on Shudder. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Nightmare Alley as I mentioned earlier in the show from 2021, starring Bradley Cooper and Tony Collette. You can find this bad guy on Hulu as we speak. Check that shit out, inmates. I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. 
But now, you have to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Uh, my mom rolled me up here to meet her new boyfriend in this weird uh, palatial estate with a bunch of his horny friends. Uh, I don't care for this dude right off the bat because he's taken liberties with my mom. I don't care if she likes it or not. She's my fucking mom. And... Uh, I am way too old to breastfeed, <laughs> but I'm going to keep trying and occasionally trying to slip uh, slip a digit in on my mom. She doesn't care for it, uh, neither do the zombies underneath this place, because they're coming out and they're eating everybody, and we got to try to get the fuck out of here. I am, of course, Burial Ground from uh, 1980, I believe. God, that's a bizarre movie, man. If you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. It will... Make you rethink uh, a lot of things, especially about breastfeeding, I think is the most important thing here. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am a pretty hot uh, teenage girl, and I was all set to go to this Halloween party. Um, I wasn't going to do any drinking or smoking or anything because I was going to break the news to my boyfriend that I'm pregnant at said Halloween party. Unfortunately, uh, my dad, the cop, got called into work and left me to babysit my kid brother on Halloween night, so I'm going to have to put off the party and, uh, I guess, just send him a text message about the pregnancy. I don't know. Uh, That's when shit got weird. We got trick-or-treated by the same three kids like 14 times, and they keep coming back with buckets on their heads, and uh, everything got really weird and started turning colors all of a sudden. Very strange. Very strange things are afoot here on my rural farm uh, on Halloween night. Who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week and I'll drop some knowledge on you. In the meantime, inmates, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. I apologize for the, the short show. I I started off feeling pretty good, but the more I talk, the more it's like, I don't know. It's like my throat is closing on me or something. I don't know, but I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. Uh, join me next week for Resident Evil, the final chapter. Um, I, we got to put this thing, we got to put this thing to bed, dudes. You know, I can't, uh, (laughs) I can't draw this out any longer. I don't know how much more Mia Jovovich I can take, to be honest with you. Uh, so there's that to look forward to. I do have a Patreon campaign running. Paddedroompodcast.com is where you find the link. $5 donation will get you control of the month of April, uh, along with a Padded Room t-shirt and a coffee mug. Um, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you found this show. That helps out our visibility quite a bit. I am hoping to have somebody in here next week, as long as I and my family aren't COVID positive anymore, and whoever wants to come in here isn't COVID positive anymore. Although I guess it doesn't really matter for me and my family, since we already have it, and now it'll be gone by next week, hopefully, and then we can move on. I don't know. I don't know how any of this shit works. Anyway, thank you for joining me. Uh, what was I going to say? Resident Evil Final Chapter next week. Like, comment, subscribe. PaddedRoomPodcast.com. 
for Buddy in Absentia, Monica in Absentia, my voice, which is soon to be in Absentia, <laughs> the fucking coronavirus, um, getting a, a day off of work, uh, finally, uh, zombies with tentacle mouths that can also use firearms, but can still be killed by snapping their fucking necks. That is pro. If I had to zero in on one thing about the Resident Evil movies that pisses me off the most, that's it right there. You can't snap a zombie's neck and have him stay down. Um, uh, Leatherface, who we're gonna see again in a couple weeks, uh, the resident, uh, the uh, Terradome Asylum Conference champion, Pyramid Head, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Cook my hands and-